Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter, and I'm here today with Gerda Melai. And I'm very excited to have a conversation with her because she's a um, world-class negotiator, really expert at negotiations. And I'm, I'm super excited to kind of dig in because I think negotiations are so important for the principles of freedom and how we can like open up more possibilities in the world. Because every time you interact with other human beings, it's, it's an opportunity for negotiations. So really excited to have you, Gerta. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Ben. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, great. So um, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about like how you got into this? What's your business and how did it come to be in the first place? What are you up to over there? Yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of yournegotiations.com. I teach negotiations to job seekers, founders, companies, and help them maximize the value for the things they care about, Uh, whether that's helping people negotiate their job offers or um, startup founders negotiate with their investors, their potential co-founders, or um, even larger businesses negotiate their contract with uh, customers or vendors. How I got there, it's actually from different ways. So um, I come from Albania, which is a developing country that has gone through a lot of turbulence over the years, but we're we're a very hustle culture. Um, so I think it is a bit in my DNA to just be always hustling and trying to get the best deal. Um, I also have a passion for behavioral sciences and psychology and always reading, um, books and listening to podcasts and things like that. And then finally is my education. I, uh, have been trained in negotiations by MIT experts and Harvard law school experts. Well, combining all of those three Three things, three backgrounds and passions uh, has formed my negotiation um, philosophy. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that thing that you're talking about where it's in your DNA because you're like in a hustle culture. I think one of the things and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here is because I think like in the American culture, we don't typically think of things as being negotiable. Like people, you quote your price, you quote your, your job, whatever. Like and the only time I think that negotiations really come into people, most people's minds is like when you're negotiating a job offer or something like that. And, uh, and very rarely do we think of, you know, like you can literally negotiate (laughs) with anyone, anytime about whatever the thing is. And so I think, um, just considering the cultural differences that there are like, there are other places like 
where it's normal to negotiate about anything, anything that you you get into at all. So uh, I think that's really cool. I'm really excited to to get into some of this uh, this DNA and peel back some of the curtains. So let's start with talking about how to how to think about negotiations. So um, I'd love for you to kind of like cue us up. And what I'd like, if it's okay with you, what I'd like to do is kind of talk about negotiations from a very like general sense, because I know um, there's like job negotiations, salary negotiations, there's equity negotiations, there's um, there's sales, which is a kind of negotiation. But what I'd love to do is kind of think about them in very general terms. What would you say are the important things for somebody to know about or to think about before they're entering into any situation where they are negotiating? Um, yeah, that's this is a very important question. So a couple of things to think about is um, there is this misconception that negotiations are combative and it's a it's a, a win lose a zero sum game. So um, that is a very common misconception and something to uh, leave behind and and move past it. Uh, it's a very common expression in negotiation uh, theory to think about expanding the pies instead of. Thinking when you're negotiating, we have a pie. I, I need to get as big of a piece, uh, or like as big of a chunk of it and you get as little as possible. You actually want to think about expanding the pie. And so we both get more than if we split it 50 50 or another way. So that's, um, I would say the biggest thing is to think about it more as a collaborative process and very creative process. So, um, Again, like expanding the pie means thinking outside the box and uh, what can we come up together in ways that we, we are both happy or I give you this, what can you give me to make me happy? It's a, definitely a science, the, the psychology of it, uh, but also an art in how you, you get creative in that problem solving. I love that. I love this idea of expanding the pie and getting out of the zero sum mindset. Now, we've, we've done a podcast before, uh, Clayton and I on the zero sum mindset and kind of getting out of this like finite game thinking, yeah. you know, where like in order for to win, somebody else has to lose. Right. And so I'd love to hear, like, can you maybe give us some examples of like, how might someone think about expanding the pie? Because I think yeah. in a lot of situations you think like, for example, a salary negotiation, you think, well, like if I'm going to get money, you're going to give me that money. And, you know, like, so how do I, would I think, how might I think about expanding the pie in that situation? Yeah. So in salary negotiations, um, this is actually pretty uh, easy for me to think about. So basically, there are many things that you as a job applicant care about, and there's many things that the business cares about. And so, yes, there are some pools, for example, money, certain items where, um, you know, when someone makes more uh, of that piece of that pool, the other makes less. But there are ways in which you can have a win-win. So for example, Maybe you as the applicant, uh, you wouldn't mind starting between like these are two weeks and two months, but the, the company wants you to start as soon as possible. They want you to start within two weeks. You were hoping to get a vacation, um, but you're okay with foregoing that. So that's a, that's a position in which you can give them something without losing much on your end. You're like, yeah, I'm happy to start in two weeks, but for them is a huge win. They have to launch a product or they could have their own reasons why they want to move fast on this. So that's a way in which you're expanding the pie. Your start date wasn't even top of mind for, for you when you were um, applying to a job. But now you can give it to them, make them happy. Maybe they throw in another, you know, a few thousands of dollars in it uh, to sweeten the deal for you. So that is a beautiful outcome in a negotiation where now it's very collaborative and you're like, I can start early. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a bit more money. And it's 
you're strengthening the relationship instead of it being combative. And I know a lot of people, uh, I have a lot of clients who are applying to new jobs. They, they're they worried about negotiations be, being combative and, and harming the relationship with the company, but actually can be, uh, you can have very positive outcomes. And I know that your audience is, um, maybe a lot of them are business owners uh, and maybe startup founders. So I wanted to give an example in that as well. So for uh, for business owners, again, like let's say you're negotiating a contract with uh, a vendor. So again, what's top of mind for people is the price. So everyone cares about the price. Okay. But there could be other things that one party cares about, but the other party doesn't. So again, it could be like deliverable date. Like, can you actually do it faster? I'm willing to pay you more, or I'm willing to agree on this initial price. Uh, or it could be like reviews. Like, can you, um, you can ask your customer if they can't afford you, like, okay, I'll give you a discount, but can you leave a positive review for me if the experience is positive? So those are ways in which you can expand the pie and be creative. Awesome. So what I'm hearing you say is basically like, don't think about the negotiation in terms of one single variable, like in this case, mm-hmm. price or uh, salary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Instead, think about it as being a kind of a cluster or a collection of various different chips that you might be able to use to yeah. kind of bargain in in this situation, whatever the situation is. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask, how do you think about figuring out what those chips are? So like if we're we're going into a negotiation with someone, how do you think about like what's what kind of prep work do we do or what kinds of conversational techniques do we use in order to find out what those chip what chips might be on the table because you know like somebody might not know that the you know the start date is important for the company for example so um how do you think and might not even know to ask that question obviously there's there's limited things that we're asking in that kind of a context but how do how do we think about asking those questions yeah that i'm so glad you asked this question because i i was going to proactively uh, offered to talk about it. So there, there's two things. One is you being very clear with yourself what your priorities are and especially what your non-negotiables are. And then two is trying to learn as much about the other side as possible. Of course, you want to do your research, you know, outside of the conversations with them, but also asking questions and seeing what's important to them. Sometimes the other party might be very transparent, but uh, sometimes you you can also ask indirect questions about their priorities. Um, in terms of figuring out your own priorities, uh, for job search, I actually have a document uh, I can share with your audience if that's okay. We can put a link or something cool. um, where how to figure out your priorities in a negotiation. So for job uh, seekers, I have things like, of course, um, base salary, you have bonus, sign-on bonus, stock options. But then I put things like, uh, title, uh, reputation of the company, um, how much you like your manager, do you have direct reports or not, and things like that. So, and you need to sit down and do this exercise for yourself before an important negotiation. You would be surprised what you discover about yourself. Many of my clients, when we do this exercise, it feels very obvious at first, but with one client, we've spent an entire hour just going through, oh, actually, I realize I care about title more than pay. That's so interesting. Um, so you do an exercise for your own self-exploration, knowing your priorities, but you also want to do your research uh, on the other party as well. Yeah, so what kind of research would you do? Because, uh, by the way, I love this because what we're actually talking about is not just negotiations. I mean, this is really useful in any situation, right? Where we're trying to interact with another human being, like where there's like a contract is one way. 
But actually, like figuring out what's important to you in a situation, your values first, and then also then figuring out what is important to the other person. I mean, that's what we're really talking about here, right? So yeah. you, how do you think about helping people figure out what's important to the other person in the negotiation? Uh, yeah. So some of this you can deduce by reading between the lines. So in job negotiations, maybe the recruiter calls you five times a day or they move you uh, along very quickly. That to me signals that they need to fill this role very quickly. And so it's important for them by timeline and they might be a little desperate. You might have a bit more leverage. So some of it is reading between the lines. The other piece is like in job negotiations, doing the research on the company culture. Uh, are they a straight shooter or are they of uh, indirect, like very positive vibes first uh, company? Uh, and so you want to tailor your message around um, around what you find out from that research. Uh, and then ultimately, it's also okay to ask directly. Um, indirectly might be best. So you don't want to show your, your hand, but uh, you can also ask like, um, what is most important to you in this contract? Like, let's say you're a business owner, you're trying to lock down a client. Uh, I'm, uh, or a customer and you can simply ask, what's giving you pause? Is it the price or is it the, the timeline, the deadline of my deliverables? You can just ask and be direct and um, you'd be surprised. Sometimes people will just tell you and then you can work from there. Yeah, I love that. And there's like a mindset I think that goes into this, which we started with, but really like imagining that there is a win-win situation for us to figure out. Yeah. And like, well, for me, one of the ethics of this I think is I like, I only accept win-win situations. Like I won't win at somebody yeah. else's expense. And I think that that is like just putting myself in that mindset before I enter into a negotiation, I think is a really, really useful principle is just like, I'm going to like take a stand for a win-win situation. I'm either going to find something where it's going to work really well. And we're going to, I call it a fuck yes. You know what? <laughs> we're either going to get to a fuck yes point or we're not going to have an agreement. And either of those is totally fine. And I just want to make sure that we're on the same page about that. So I love this, this way of thinking. It's okay to just ask, like, how can I help you to make yeah. this a win-win situation for us yeah. both? That's uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, what other principles would you have? We've kind of done our research. We've first done our reflection, thought about what's important mm -hmm. to us. We've done some research. We've seen like, what can we find online about the way that this, this other person presents themselves or, you know, what they're what they're up to in the world. And then we've asked, and it, and it seems like also part of what you're doing is you're when you like reading between the lines. So we're like looking at like nonverbal cues, maybe. So, you know, what's the pace of communication or um, maybe even body language when we're communicating openness, leaning in. But a lot of times people will have control of their, <laughs> their faces or whatever. Um, but are there any other like any other clues that we can be on the lookout for, for what's important to people before we move on to the to next principles? You want to do your research. Uh, for example, let's say um, you find out that you have a mutual friend on LinkedIn with this potential customer or vendor. Just hop on a call with that friend or send them a quick te uh, text or DM and you can um, ask the friend about, you know, what's important to them. And in job negotiations, this has been so helpful to me. I, I get an insight into, uh, you know, my hiring managers, um, mindset and what they care about. Um, that's actually, it's so priceless to learn from someone who knows them. So you can do that as a, as a business owner as well. Uh, what's important to people finding out from people who know them. Uh, yeah. So doing a very thorough research, even in very creative ways, uh, 
Uh, that's that's what comes to mind. I love that. That is such an interesting. Um, I, like I, I almost think about even if you were wanting to be friends with someone, like reaching out to some to a friend that you have <laughs> in common and being like, "Hey, what's this person like?" If I knew that somebody did that about me, I would feel really flattered that somebody <laughs> had like you know, done that and yeah. had gone to the trouble to uh, explore that. I think that's really yeah. cool. It shows you're very prepared, right? There are certain industries that that want you to do that research and really appreciate the little things like. Or knowing what your favorite food is and when you have a business dinner they take you to a restaurant that they know you would like and it has your favorite food and that small touch of of things uh really matters sometimes in locking in a deal i love that uh, it's it's really cool that's i think that's really useful for people to think about like what are those little things uh, and what are the details that make the difference yeah. what are your mindsets do you think go into uh being the kind of person who enters into negotiations where you win negotiations and when, but again, we're talking win-win situations. We've already okay. talked about that in the, that mindset, but what are the other mindsets that you think are useful for people to kind of maybe either prepare for themselves or to take a stand for in themselves when they're doing negotiations? Showing excitement about whatever the opportunity is. Um, if it's a job about the job, the company, the hiring manager, the team, the product, um, Making sure to remember that uh, everything is a negotiation and you're kind of being interviewed in every interaction. So there are people who, um, you know, they um, might interact differently with uh, people at different roles in the company and they're only nice to the hiring manager. Like you don't want to do that. You want to be nice to everyone, right? So and you want to show excitement in every interaction just to remind them that you really want to make this work and you're on the same team. I'll give you an example. So let's say you're negotiating with a potential customer and they ask you to lower your price. So uh, you could just say yes, but it, it is a bit of a, a sort of a weak position to come in and just say yes up front. What is a much better preserving your power approach is like, I, I'm happy to offer your our family and friends discount uh, as just out of the generosity of my heart, um, not out of desperation, right? So you're like, I'm bringing you into my inner circle. I want to make this work. I'll give you a discount uh, instead of just saying yes to the price. Because uh, you may have heard of this concept of a winner's curse, which is if you win right away, sometimes you kind of regret winning because you feel like, oh, they said yes right away. I um, like I feel like I left money on the oh, table. Oh, man. I why love was, that. <laughs> yeah. Why was this win so easy? Right. So you also want them to feel like they earned the thing they, they got. And so if you position it as like, uh, sure, I'm happy to give you a discount. I'll give you my friends and family discount. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, this is just for you and because I care about making this deal happen. So things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love this idea of like wanting them to have the feeling that they earned whatever it was that they yeah. got, which is so interesting because I think this gets into some of the more subtle psychological principles of negotiation. Because like, what is value really? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, value is like what we think value is yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like whether you know it, it could be the exact same price the exact same deal literally the, the whole same structure of the deal but if you feel at the end of it like it was too easy or it wasn't you know like it wasn't hard and challenging enough for you to get to it you might value that deal less than yeah. the same exact deal where you had to work a little harder for it and i yeah, think that's like exactly. a really interesting um just like mindsets to be aware of to become aware of yeah uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. You want to be in the right headspace when you're when you're negotiating. Um, but like you said earlier, uh, that you 
what you go into negotiations with, I'm going to make this a win-win. That is such a good, good place to start from. And um, you're already set for success if you come in through that mindset. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm curious because you kind of mentioned your own personal power. So I'm, I'm interested in hearing like, what do you, how do you think about balancing maybe is one way of looking at it, but, but balancing, you know, making a win-win with also preserving your own power. How do you think about like, what, what kinds of thoughts do we have or how do we as, as the individual negotiator think about kind of bridging the gap between, you know, and some people might say like being a pushover and being a hard ass, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's one way of thinking about it, but, but really being like, um, leaving money on the table or leaving value on the table versus, Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of taking a stand for what's, what's important. How do you think about navigating that? Yeah. Does that question make sense? Uh, I think, I think it does. Let me see if I can answer it. Okay, cool. Uh, so the, the way I think about it is that's why, that's why being very crystal clear on what your priorities are is so important because let's say your non-negotiable is um, in a job negotiation. It could be uh, you want to work remotely, fully remotely, and this company is not fully remote. Uh, that's a non-negotiable. And so um, once you get that, uh, you, you already got a win. And so you can give a little bit as well. So that's how I think about it. Am I getting the things that are super important to me, especially the non-negotiables? Um, if I'm getting them, I want to be generous too and offer something. Hey, I can start earlier or I'll deliver this project at, uh, oh, two weeks earlier than we, we discussed. So things like that. Um, I do think about like what my priorities are and am I getting those, uh, needs met? Love it. I love that. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit here. Cause you, you kind of mentioned, um, desperation was something like, how do we enter into negotiation free from desperation like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this as a friends and family rather than as a coming from a place of like i i need this deal uh what other than desperation what do you think tends to get in the way of people effectively negotiating for things in the world like what you know what kinds of mindsets or challenges or limiting thoughts or beliefs might block people from creating effective win-win situations um another thing to think about is how comfortable you are with silence so a lot of people do not use silence um well (laughs) or uh, they don't use it at all so that's another uh, strategy to think about like be very comfortable with a pause whether you're um whether you are live with someone and you're negotiating one trick is to think um to yourself maybe count to seven so okay i'm just gonna they make you an offer that's a bit aggressive you don't know what to say. You don't want to say yes. It's too aggressive. What do you do? Be a little comfortable with a pause. Count to seven in your head. Just maybe nod, smile. You're thinking, you're thinking. Count to seven. And then see what happens. Sometimes, it's very interesting, sometimes the other party will dial it back. This is actually very common. You would be surprised. And... um in emails or in other non-synchronized um, communication, maybe you don't have to respond to that email today. It came today. You don't have to respond by end of day. Let it let it sit a bit. Uh, silence and pausing are so powerful, uh, especially there are many cultures that are not comfortable with it. I had to learn to practice it. I wasn't naturally comfortable with it, but just knowing how powerful it is and having seen it in action that... Wow, when I pause, the other party usually like backtracks on their 
bad offer. Uh, it's it's very interesting. Um, the other thing is getting comfortable with not having an answer on the spot. We think we need to answer on the spot. And not only do we think that, but many times we're pressured to. Uh, so um, in job negotiations, this is very common. The recruiter will be like, hey, so I have an offer. We would love to have you join. Um, here's my offer. What do you think of this number? And uh, a lot of people feel this, you know, social pressure to respond on the spot. Get comfortable with saying thank you for the offer. Uh, let me let me think about that and get back to you as soon as I can. Um, and some people might think that that um, that shows you don't have an answer or you don't have your priorities straight. That's not true at all. That comes across as you being okay with stepping away a bit and taking the time to think. I think it actually uh, projects more, even more confidence uh, and business acumen. Yeah, it's like it's like expressing that you have a center that you're going to check in with, right? Like yeah. that you care about what your priorities are. And I'm going to go like, I'm going to go investigate to see how that feels for me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting, too, because this is, there's a, another like psychological principle uh, where this and what silence kind of does is when we when they make an offer and you're silent, then they're going to map on to you whatever thoughts and feelings they're going to project onto you, whatever thoughts and feelings they would have about that. <laughs> that yes. offer in that silence. And so sometimes that's why they'll backtrack or whatever yes. is because they're like, well, actually, I wouldn't want that, you know, that yes. deal. And yeah, I was trying to get away or, with something, but. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm that was an aggressive deal. Yeah. Like the, I'm being aggressive. Um, yeah. I wanted to add another, another important um, principle, which is persistence. Uh, you want to, um, come back again and again it's totally okay to do that i have a lot of clients or even people in my audience that social media and all that that uh i have mentioned that one way to know when your job negotiations have reached the end is when the company says hey this is our best and final offer like we we are we really like you but we're prepared to lose you and uh people normally uh, generally think maybe you can negotiate once or twice. No, you actually can negotiate like many, many more times until you hear words along those lines. And um, I've heard this feedback, like I said, from people who uh, consume my content, like, wow, I negotiated multiple times and I finally heard those words. It was so helpful because it allowed me to get a lot more from the offer than uh, if I had just ended it after one or two asks. I love that. So this is the best and final offer. Yeah. This is yeah. this is the bottom line. But I would love to do more, but we're not gonna. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, really cool. I think any um, conversation about negotiations would be remiss to to not talk about this. I'm interested in how do we set an initial price? How do you think about mm -hmm. coming in with your initial offer, or like if you're depending on which, no matter which side of the offer yeah. your offer table you're on, uh, how do you think about what's that first? offer what's the where do we come in with our initial price point how do you figure that out how do you decide yeah that's a very important question and thing to think about uh so in the context of job negotiations as a job applicant you actually never with a small asterisk very tiny asterisk you never want to give a number or a range um that's because and I can talk about the asterisks and the the very uh, rare exceptions, but that's because the chances are that you are not a compensation expert and you don't have uh, enough market data to know 
what a role is paid or what and what it should be paid or what's being paid in the market right now. The other piece of it is that you most likely don't know all the what's happening internally for a company. So maybe, like I said earlier, they might want to launch a product as soon as possible. So they need more hands on deck or they want to impress an investor. They got a new talented person, which is you. You know, people will be impressed or the team is burning out and people might quit if if we don't get more help on that team. So all these reasons means that there's no magical number out there that you can go and research and you're like, oh, this is what they will pay me. There are some numbers. Uh, of course, there's market data, aggregated data, uh, but there's also the internal pressures of a company. Uh, and so the asterisks, like I said, is like if you're a compensation professional or you have access to this very expensive aggregated market data, which only companies typically have access to. Uh, and I, <laughs> but, uh, yes. you, you, you actually want the company to say the first number in negotiation philosophy, that first number is called anchoring. So saying the first number is anchoring, um, which means it does influence, um, the rest of the conversation. However, in, uh, in the job setting, um, it's like, it's okay to push back multiple times. And so that first number will not necessarily, um, uh, anchor you uh, to your final offer. Yeah. So I'm curious to apply this to other settings than the mm -hmm. salary yeah. negotiation in this case, because I think it's really interesting what goes into those numbers. So um, because we are going to have that anchoring and just to, for if you're not familiar with what anchoring is, it's like whatever that first price point is, that's what you're going to compare all other price points to like relative to. Um, Robert Cialdini has this example that I think is hilarious in this book where he talks about sometimes when you're flying, they'll want to bump you to the next flight. And so they'll offer you something to do that. And a guy came on and he was like making a joke and he said, well, we're going to offer the next person a million dollars to, to do that thing. And he was just joking. But then like what they actually wound up having to pay to get somebody to bump their flight was so much higher than it usually is because he had anchored them in at a million dollars, which is an absurd <laughs> amount. Right. Um, yeah. And, and so, so what we're talking about is like setting that initial price point and having that be kind of the, the, the point that everybody else is hanging on to for the rest of the negotiation. So you're saying like in salary negotiations, it's probably a good idea to let the company yeah. say that first yeah. number to create that anchor point. But what about in business to business negotiations or, mm -hmm. or in um, other situations where we would be negotiating? Yeah. So uh, just to close the loop on the salary negotiations, uh, the anchoring principle doesn't apply necessarily there because the company has market data and they have their own internal pressures. And so, um, you know, they, they most likely will give you a number that is um, within the range of what makes sense. And then you can up, you can negotiate up from there. Um, but in terms of business negotiations and coming up with that price, I have a business myself. And so I had to answer this question for myself. Like, where, how, where do I charge people, right? So if it's a service, I highly recommend experimenting. I've done this myself and uh, just experiment different numbers if you don't already have a price in mind um, and see what lands with people. You will need to do a lot of experimentation and you can also play with, like I said, uh, discounts or like, oh, we have holiday discounts or family and friends discounts or referral codes or affiliate marketing and things like that. And which tells you roughly uh, what price point people are comfortable with. And remember to also experiment with some, a little uh, higher numbers that might feel a little ridiculous just because 
if it works, then now you're at that yeah. level. So if, um, let's say you're used to charging, um, you know, I'm going to make this up like um, $500 an hour and uh, some people take it and some people don't. You're playing with the discounts. Oh, 400, you know, 400 is, is more people are saying yes to that. And then don't shy away from trying like $900 an hour. Maybe some people will buy it. Maybe you will uh, capture an entirely other audience that wants to pay for very high quality, which is people correlate high price with high quality of a service. So um, that is kind of my strategy around pricing. I love that. I love that idea to experiment. I'd be curious uh, how you, you know, if there, if you have any thoughts on um, how to like capture that data or are there any rules of thumb, like, you know, how many yeses would you want before you decided that that was a, a solid price point or um, are, are there other pieces of data that would go into that consideration of whether or not when you're experimenting, whether, you know, it yeah. worked, so to speak. Any thoughts on that? Um, it's tough for me to say without knowing the specific business uh, and, you know, the pricing model. Of course, you want to take into account your costs. Like, is there an entire team you need to feed? You know, things like that or, or a large family or something like that. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it's hard. And that would go to back to more finding more. your center and your, what's your priorities, exactly. right? Like, do we have a team and all that other stuff? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I just want to see if there was a, <laughs> if there was an answer <laughs> to that. I don't, I don't have an answer to that either. I, I think go. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a very case-by-case -case basis. Um, cool. This is awesome. Uh, Gertha, this is an amazing conversation. I'm curious, uh, do you have any final thoughts or any final principles that we didn't cover maybe that you think are really useful for people to kind of hold on to as they go into their negotiations in the world? Yeah, I have a few others. Um, the more um, kind of surprising one would be therapy. <laughs> uh, okay. Because uh, one thing that comes up in negotiations is People could be extreme people pleasers. And as a negotiation consultant, I cannot uh, extract that out of you. I can give you all the, all the coaching and, and consulting possible. But if you're so such an extreme people pleaser that you immediately say yes to everything, you will, it will take a lot of practice, which is okay. And we should all practice to get better in certain skills. Uh, but you want to... Also, dig deeper with a professional on how to be comfortable negotiating, be comfortable with silence, with not with disappointing people in your mind. Like, uh, you know, maybe they're not disappointed. That's just how negotiations go. They'll say no five times. It's okay. Other things are things like humanizing yourself. So especially when, um, in a business negotiation, less in the job negotiation. Um, but you you want to talk about maybe your personal life a little bit and really. Uh, humanize yourself like if you have kids mention the kids or or the elderly that you're maybe taking care of or have in your life like but those things work and um you know business is business but sometimes it's personal especially if you're a business owner like that is very personal uh one of the um, mindset that has clicked with a lot of people um that i've noticed is thinking of negotiations as a game and especially as a card game so you don't win a card game if you show your hand, right? So you, in general, you don't want to show your hand unless, unless it helps. So in job negotiations, you don't want to share what other companies you're applying to, who you're talking to, what size they are, what industry. But you do want to share if you have a job offer. You say, hey, I have another offer. That makes you seem desirable in the market. Um, so similarly for your own business, like, of course, you, you in general, you don't want to share information that could be potentially um, 
you know, hurt you in the negotiation. Don't show your hand. And, uh, and that, that's another pr principle. So we had like the, the opposite of desperation, maybe even is like desirability. And so if mm -hmm. we, any ways yes. that we can show desirability is going to be useful because it's going to help. It's going to, again, increase the perception of value, which is really important. Yes, exactly. Uh, one thing I want to caution, though, is I, I have a couple of clients who to show desirability, they went above and beyond in what they shared, and that could hurt you. So keep in mind, like, could this information hurt me? So one subtle way in which uh, someone I know uh, gave away her leverage without even knowing that she was giving it away was she was negotiating with a top tech company, one of the fangs. Uh, or Ming, as they're called now. And they asked her, do you have another offer? She said, yes, I have another offer from an AI company. So she was so proud to share that. But actually, she hurt her chances of succeeding in this negotiation uh, by, by giving that away because by saying I have an offer from an AI company, she actually signaled that that company is not a Ming. It's actually, right. you know, mid-size or, or startup. Um, because we don't refer to, you know, Apple, um, Meta, Amazon, and Google as AI companies. And so that signaled to the company that she has an offer from a smaller size company, which means their offer, the, the company she was negotiating with, is the best one that she has. And so they wouldn't give her more money. So be careful what you, how you reveal the information you reveal. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. Um, Cool. Okay. So uh, think of it as a card game. Humanize yourself. Careful yeah. of people pleasing. That's another thing that's going to get in the way is any kind yeah. of like people pleasing tendencies. Any other final thoughts on things that might get in your way as you're negotiating? Yeah. So we talked about desperation. We talked about people pleasing. Anything else that you know of the big ones? Might get in the way. How about, uh, let me share more about like things that could help you. So what okay. things you can do is like you can share share your research. So if you if you're negotiating again and again and they're not budging at all, uh, let's say it's a customer and they're like, I, I can't do this price at all. And you're like, OK, let me walk you through my research. Right. So, um, you know, other other business owners like myself, um, they typically charge this much, but they are offering ABC. I also offer X, Y, Z. And so you, you're walking through the value that you add. Maybe your cost to humanize yourself, but you have the best offer. So that can actually help them like, oh, okay, I, I can um, sort of hear your thinking and I, they will probably, uh, you know, agree with you or at least um, appreciate you sharing your research. Share your logic and how you're reasoning about it. Yeah, your logic or your research. So it depends which side of the negotiation you are. But if you're a business owner, you can say, Hey, like other, uh, so I'm a, I'm a negotiations consultant. Hey, other negotiation consultants um, are not offering the sweet deal that I offer, which is a success fee only uh, versus they offer flat fee as well. And you have to pay no matter what, even if you don't succeed. So things like that. And they're like, oh, okay, I, that's good to know what the research out there is. Any other thoughts? It seemed like you might have had a couple more. One, one more uh, is great. to have some mantras in mind. Negotiation is a very tense situation in general. Like people are very nervous, especially if they're not comfortable with it. Um, emotions are high and you might uh, do or say things you didn't want to do or say. So some mantras to have in mind <clears throat> could be, I will not say yes or no to an offer on a call. And you're on this call. Whoever it is, is uh, pressuring you a lot. So in job search could be of the recruiter is pressuring you. What do you think of our offer? Like you accept, do you like this? 
uh, or, you know, maybe a vendor is like, um, I offer this, this, I charge this much. Like, will you take it? Uh, you can keep in mind, or you can even have it written in front of you. Yeah. Uh, like something like, I will not say yes or no on the spot. <laughs> and you can repeat it. I will not say yes or no on the spot. And uh, that, that might help you remember how to navigate the situation where the emotions are very high. Awesome. Like practice a thought and then you could actually say that. Hey, Jamie, I mean, just to be super clear, I'm not going to say yes or no on this call because that's just like not how I operate. It's a, right. it's a boundary of mine or whatever, right? You can totally say it, but I think in general negotiations, you want to sound more natural. I have some clients who are like, oh, I'll just tell the recruiter. I, I will not give you a number. That feels a little combative. And that's not how we talk to people we're collaborating with. If you have it in mind, I will not give them a number, but I will be very nice to them. You can still be nice and professional, but in your mind, you also have your boundaries set clear that I will not give a number. I will not say yes or no on the spot. Okay. So you're saying these, these mantras are for your internal use. For yourself. Your yes, question. exactly. Okay, okay, yes, yes. For yourself. Yes. Awesome. Uh, this has been so great, uh, Gift. I think we could talk about this a lot. I think there's like so many different uh, branching aspects of this that we could talk about, but uh, this has been really helpful. I think this is going to really give some principles to people uh, of how to negotiate, how to humanize themselves, how to experiment, how to think about what techniques to use and maybe what parts to avoid in negotiations. Um, this has been really helpful. If people want to get a hold of you, you said you're, you've got uh, a resource to share with people, but if people want to get a hold of you, they want some help with negotiations of, uh, you know, a business to business style negotiation or um, a salary negotiation or something like that, how would they get a hold of you? Where would you like them to, to go? Uh, my website is the best place to go. It's yournegotiations.com. So plural, yournegotiations.com. And then, yeah, you can follow me on IG, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that. But once you go there, you'll find all my other resources there. And I have awesome. some free resources as well. Great. I love it. And I really think this is the kind of thing that's so valuable. If you're weak in negotiations you're, and you're not thinking about them in these terms, it can really get in the way of a lot of successes in life. We didn't even talk about any of the other areas where you might negotiate other than like business to business and sales. But I mean, there's opportunities for negotiation. Maybe everywhere. we need a part two, Ben. <laughs> yeah, totally. Let's, let's, let's do that. We'll get that on the books. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time. Um, and for all you listening out there, love your freedom, love your life. Hey there, shifters. If you enjoy the podcast and you've been wanting to take your game to the next level, you might want to hear about our new program. We're calling it The Mindset Gym, and it's a virtual community where we take all the tips, tricks, and strategies, and we put them into practice. Ever notice how when you go to an exercise class, you always seem to push a little harder than when you work out on your own? Well, The Mindset Gym is like a group exercise class for your business. Imagine a community of badass business owners coming together a couple of times a month to work on their mindsets, strategies, and find some business besties. It's all about practicing together. Sound like something you might want to be a part of? Check out the link in the show notes or go to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash the dash mindset dash gym to learn more. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. 
See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week, and in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life. <laughs>